Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You work for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? What's going on, everybody in Philadelphia? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S. This is This Is America. You can get at me at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And welcome to the program. We're talking about a bunch of stories today. I want to start off with what's going on in Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Big shout out to everybody listening on 1210 WPHT. Philly schools are now getting a 9 a.m. start, and sadly, a teen was killed in a drive-by. Plus, a surveillance video caught people going through the pockets of another dead body. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. Plus, we talked about on the last episode, the guy who stabbed somebody at MoMA, the Museum of Modern Art in New York City. This guy was caught in Philly, and now he's been charged with arson because he tried to set a hotel room on fire in Philadelphia. So a lot of that we're going to get into maybe towards the end of the show. We may not have time for all of that. But this is the same guy that previously uh, assaulted somebody on Broadway in New York City. This is a real criminal. Now, speaking of criminals, there's a biological male that now identifies as a woman. Leah Thomas won a national championship in swimming. And Time Magazine has also named a biological male to their Woman of the Year list. And you heard about that last week with Rachel Levine, former uh, health commissioner in Pennsylvania. So, I mean, there's a lot of crazy things that are going on in the world. And my question to you is, should that stuff be considered criminal? I don't know. You let me know at Rich Valdez with an S on all of the social media at Rich Valdez. Now, I want to talk about this criminality in particular, the criminality. If you remember when Trump said that Biden was a criminal, he was talking about the entire Biden family, right? Hunter Biden included. Let me know if you remember this. Call Biden a criminal. Why is that? He is a criminal. He's a criminal. He got caught. Read his laptop. And you know who's a criminal? You're a criminal for not reporting it. You are a criminal for not reporting it. Let me tell you something. Joe Biden is a criminal, and he's been a criminal for a long time. And you're a criminal in the media for not reporting it. Good luck, everybody. Have a good time. And don't mind the background music there. But he says, yeah, Biden's a criminal and you're a criminal. Of course, he's talking about the fake news media. This is why people love Trump, because he was so in your face. That brashness is something that we need so badly at a time such as this. But speaking of Hunter Biden, speaking of Joe Biden, they've been sanctioned by, of all people, Vladimir Putin and Russia have put sanctions on these guys, as well as Hillary Clinton and others. But I find it interesting that the New York Times has now confirmed what the New York Post reported prior to the election, saying that it was actually true and that it wasn't Russian disinformation. And in fact, it was just part of a cover up to make sure that nobody believed that the laptop that was uh, secured by Rudy Giuliani was actually true and it was real. 
And they didn't want anybody to know that until after Biden was elected, because, of course, people probably wouldn't have voted for Biden had they known all that stuff. Isn't that a shame the way that worked out? So kudos to Giuliani, because we were talking about this at the time. I was still filling in on his show. And uh, there was a lot of development with what they call the laptop from hell. But of course, Jen Pacerco back Pasaki doesn't believe a word of this stuff because she gets a little tongue twisted. You see, Jen Pacerco back Pasaki wasn't even able to put circle back on this one. Listen to this. Um, the New York Times has authenticated emails that appear to have come from a laptop abandoned by Hunter Biden in Delaware. Um, the president previously said that the New York Post story about this was a bunch of garbage and that it was a Russian plant. Does he stand by that assessment? I've pointed the Department of Justice and also to Hunter Biden's representatives. He doesn't work in the government. Oh, he doesn't work in the government, you see. Well, that's funny because that's not what they're saying, right? They're asking that a family member of the president of the United States, and they're asking specifically about the president of the United States making these comments or then candidate who's now the president saying that it was a bunch of malarkey, right? Obviously, we always knew we knew then and we know now fake, phony fraud. But according to the Daily Mail, Trump's latest comments in The New York Times are that it admitted and it participated in an effort to rig the election for Biden by confirming the legitimacy of the Hunter Biden laptop 500 days after the election. Trump issued a statement on Friday attacking the New York Times for its reporting on the laptop 500 days after voters went to the ballot box, saying that the publication admitted that it participated in an effort to rig the election in favor of Joe Biden. When the files from the laptop were published before the 2020 presidential election, the newspaper, The New York Times, cast doubt on its provenance. It linked it to Russian disinformation and made no public attempt to obtain and verify it. DailyMail.com authenticated the laptop a full year earlier, and it was the first and the only news organization to publicly verify its contents using expert analysis. Now, prosecutors have examined the emails between Biden and business associates related to Burisma that were recovered from the laptop, the Times now reports. So now that the New York Times says it's okay, now it's legit. Those emails, which the Times looked at, also noted what appears to have come from a laptop abandoned by Mr. Hunter Biden in a Delaware repair shop. Isn't that something? So now the Washington Examiner is reporting on the 16th of March that the Department of Justice is investigating Hunter Biden for foreign lobbying violations related to his overseas business dealings, likely in places such as China, Ukraine and Kazakhstan, in addition to scrutinizing his taxes, according to a new report. Delaware United States Attorney David Weiss is known for being a leading federal investigator and looking into President Joe Biden's adult son who denies any wrongdoing. And the New York Times reported, obviously, on Wednesday that the investigation, which began as a tax inquiry during the Obama administration, then widened in 2018 to encompass possible criminal violations of tax law, as well as foreign lobbying and money laundering rules, according to the people familiar with the inquiry. Hmm. Now, listen, they got Manafort on these foreign lobbying things. They try to get everybody on that. So that one's kind of weak. But money laundering, that's a different story. And when you're doing things with people that may be corrupt, you got to have a higher level of scrutiny. And this is the same thing they're, they're going after Rudy Giuliani uh, about. 
And you'll see that so far he's come out on top, and I suspect that he'll continue to come out on top because he's smarter than the average bear and because he knows how you have to register things. And when your client is the sitting president of the United States, you're not lobbying on behalf of the government. You're legally representing your client. They're trying to twist that up, saying that he needed to lobby as a foreign agent when he was um, having negotiations or conversations with people um, externally, internationally. I think it's a bunch of uh, baloney, but Let's continue. The report said Hunter Biden's extensive work with foreign businesses came under scrutiny from top prosecutors looking into whether he should have registered with the Justice Department under FARA, the Foreign Agents Registration Act. The New York Times report also cites unnamed sources saying that prosecutors faced hurdles in demonstrating that the president's son intentionally violated FARA. The outlet reported that prosecutors have discussed approaching the potential FARA violations as a civil matter, which would require Mr. Biden to register retroactively as a foreign agent. That sounds about right, but that's not what they did to Manafort. The report continued that federal prosecutors in Delaware have issued scores of subpoenas for documents related to Hunter Biden. Investigators reviewed and subpoenaed Devin Archer last year after looking at these emails. And Archer was sentenced in February to just over a year in prison for an unrelated fraud scheme aimed at swindling Native American tribes. So Chinese and U.S. business records continue to list Hunter Biden as a 10 percent owner of the Chinese government linked investment firm BHR Partners as of March. So we don't know what's going on with that yet at March of 2020. Hunter Biden himself uh, was under federal investigation shortly after the 2020 election. And this concludes with a quote from Hunter Biden saying, I learned for the first time that the U.S. attorney's office in Delaware had advised that they're investigating my tax affairs. And he said that back in December of 2020. He has also been known to have said that he paid whatever taxes he had to pay, blah, 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 blah. The Biden transition team at the time said that President elect Biden is deeply proud of his son who's fought through difficult challenges, including uh, vicious personal attacks in recent months, only to emerge stronger. Well, we'll keep you up to speed on that. But speaking of stronger, the biological male, now trans woman, Leah Thomas, who's now a national championship swimmer, who used to place in the hundredths, right? You know, uh, the 400th percent, uh, the 500th percentile of their competition, the swimming competition, is now a winner. And there's a lot of controversy. So we're going to have reactions from parents, from other swimmers, from other athletes, even from Martina Navratilova. So don't move a muscle. Keep it locked right there. I am Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. As an agribusiness expert with Alliant Energy and a farmer, I know how important it is to get the most out of your land. I know that also applies to getting the most out of how your farm uses energy. That's why Alliant Energy offers free farm energy assessments. With a farm energy assessment, someone like me will find all kinds of ways to help you save money and energy. We can even connect you with rebates to help make energy equipment upgrades even more affordable. Schedule your free assessment at AlliantEnergy.com slash FarmEnergyAssessment. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. 
Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America. He's brown, he's bald, and he's breaking it down. This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. What's up, Philly? What's up, everybody listening coast to coast on all of the um, podcast apps and streaming? Thank you for listening. Thanks for chiming in. And, yeah, I want to get into this story about Leah Thompson, who was uh, born a male. He's a very large person. I just watched the video, and I thought, man, the, the body on this person, and, again, I'm not trying to discriminate against anybody's body, but I am saying, wow, I would hate to put one of my daughters, you know, I have a daughter that's 16, a daughter that's 20. I would hate for one of them to have to compete against somebody um, the size of Leah Thomas, because it would clearly be an unfair match. 150 meters, Thomas wins the NCAA championship, ended up very close for second, with Wyatt taking it ahead of a late charge from Erica Sullivan in third. One superstar athlete, Martina Navratilova, the tennis superstar, says we're going to have to put an asterisk next to the name of Leah Thomas, and we'll play you the audio on that. Plus, we have some reaction from parents and other athletes at uh, the university level, so I want you to listen to this. Leah, how did that performance measure up to your expectations coming into this meet tonight? I, I didn't have a whole lot of expectations for this meet. I was just happy to be here trying to race and compete as best as I could. You've undoubtedly been under the spotlight over the past few months. How have you been dealing with that and reasoning with everything? I try to ignore it as much as I can. I try to focus on my swimming, uh, what I need to do to get ready for my races, and just try to block out everything else. What did that race mean to you? It's, it means the world to, to be here, be with two of my best friends and teammates, and be able to compete. Thank you for stopping by. Now, of course, reactions are varied from people. Not everybody's as happy as Leah Thomas, who uh, was born Will Thomas, a biological male who towers over her competition. But some people took um, exception to it. Listen to this. You're a Virginia Tech swimmer. What did you think about Leah Thomas competing today as a swimmer in this competition? Um, What are you feeling? What are other athletes feeling? It's a common conception that we are all very disappointed and frustrated with someone who is has capabilities more than us women have to be able to compete at this level and take opportunities away from other women. Like I have a teammate who did not make finals today because she was just bumped out of finals. And it's heartbreaking to see someone who went through puberty as a male and has the body of a male be able to absolutely blow away the competition. And you go into it with a mindset that you are you don't have a chance, if that makes sense. Like it's hard to compete against someone with the aerobic capacity, the muscle development, the body of a man, it, it's hard. It's hard to think about it. like. And parents are weighing in, too. Listen to this. Our states have the ability to say no, and we call on the NCAA to do the same thing. The NCAA is supposed to be there for us as girls and women in sports, and when they set up biological males as the premier female athlete, we have a problem. They've got a problem. And other students are weighing in on this, too, because there's a lot of people that really just aren't in agreement because it's not fair. I talked to a concerned mother from Alabama. You know, 
these girls have scholarships. These girls are competing to win. Sports isn't just about, oh, everybody gets a trophy. You no, know, there's a first, there's a second, and there's a third. And if that first place is always taken, then it's not fair to women. And the opinions didn't stop there. Martina Navratilova, the tennis champion, who was a champion of LGBTQ uh, activism herself, weighed in on this as well. This is not about Leah. This is about clearly as a man, when she was swimming as a man, she was finishing 200, 300, 400. Now she is finishing first. Uh, so, uh, which shows to me, if she had been born female in the first place, she would not be succeeding the way she is succeeding now. What, in your opinion, is the solution here? What is the right way forward? Well, it's not about excluding transgender women from winning ever, but it is about not allowing them to win when they were not anywhere near winning as, as, as men. The solution, perhaps, for now is to swim in a lane. You can compete, but you don't get the medal uh, because the rules are not correct. But right now, the rules are what they are. Maybe put an asterisk there. If she starts breaking records left and right, Leah goes to the Olympics because she's hitting her prime now physically. And in the future, maybe have a, it should be an open category for, for everybody. So that's Martina Navratilova, the uh, tennis superstar champion and uh, LGBTQ activist. And I think it makes a lot of sense what she's saying. And she's also on that working group for the rights of women in sports and whatnot. And I think she makes a valid point. And we talked a couple episodes back about how feminists are now getting involved in this uh, LGBTQ uh, or I should say transgender issue because they're saying, you know what, real feminists are promoting the needs of women and empowerment of women. And this isn't that because, in effect, I think they're making the case that transgender women are not regular women. Or as Navratilova said, you have to put an asterisk next to their name. Now, speaking of asterisks, that reminds me of the time that President, uh, then President Obama said, if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. Oh, let me be clear. Right. You remember that? And people were like, hey, I lost my doctor. Hey, I lost my plan. Hey, the Obamacare plan cost me more than my regular plan. And everybody was flipping out because healthcare isn't something that takes place between you and your doctor anymore. Everybody wants to be involved in it, especially the government. Big insurance companies are standing in the gap, not in a good way, but preventing you from getting the quality care that you need. And sadly, your health care is being bought and sold to the highest bidder. Politicians, hospitals, big pharma and health insurance companies are making huge profits at the expense of your health. You've got lobbyists that are fighting to make sure that they don't have any competition so that you won't have options. CrowdHealth is this new company that's sponsoring the program. And I want to talk to you about it because their disruptive technology puts your health care decisions back in your hands, saving you money and cutting out the middleman. This is not insurance. It's revolutionary. It's what insurance ought to be. Now, the problem with health insurance is that you have to pay deductibles. You have to pay co-pays. You have to make all sorts of different payments. With crowd health, there's no deductible. There's no network. There's no complicated exclusions. You could see any doctor you want. You pay the first 500 bucks and submit bills for anything else after that. The crowd health community takes care of all the rest. Crowd health is a new way to pay for health care. No doctor networks, no huge premiums, no high deductibles, and no surprises. Now, unlike insurance, CrowdHealth 
succeeds by keeping you, its members, happy, not by driving up the price. CrowdHealth helps members shop for great care at a fair price, making payments to doctors and members do it as quickly as possible. They negotiate on your behalf to make sure your bills don't go up. It totally reverses the vicious incentives that got the healthcare system into this mess in the first place. So stop paying health insurance companies your hard-earned dollars. Go to joincrowdhealth.com right now and experience freedom from health insurance. Right now, you can get your first six months for just 99 bucks a month. That's almost 50% off the regular price and a lot less than a high-deductible health care plan. So just go to joincrowdhealth.com and use promo code THISISAMERICA when you sign up. That's joincrowdhealth.com and the promo code THISISAMERICA. Make sure you go check them out. And straight ahead, more to come. I am Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. The 45th President Donald Trump thinks it's an honor to speak with Rich Valdez. Oh, very good. It's an honor. Thanks, Rich. The honor is all yours. Conservative talk with a dash of sofrito. Now, here's Rich Valdez. All right, everybody, welcome back. Everybody in America, everybody in Philly listening on 1210 WPHT. Thank you for joining the program. Thanks for listening to me and uh, for sharing the show with your friends, for recommending it, for giving us a thumbs up on social media, for giving us a five-star rating on your podcast platform, whatever it is you're doing. I thank you for it. And I want to talk a little bit about how Biden continues to obfuscate and blame everybody else about this gas crisis, inflation crisis. He's blaming everybody except himself. And we talked about this a little bit in the last episode, but there's some audio that I want to play for you. And there's a funny article I want to share with you uh, in Dallas, which I think is hysterical. But Biden says this isn't his fault. And he blamed COVID and he blamed Putin and he blamed the gas companies. He's blaming just about everybody. Listen to this. I'm going to work like the devil to bring gas prices down. I will do what needs to be done to reduce the price you pay at the pump. Even if we drilled as much as we could, uh, the price of oil is still set globally. This Keystone pipeline, it would take years for that to have an impact on prices. There's an impediment to production in the United States. And it's called the bankers on Wall Street. Oil prices and, and gas prices are famously something that is largely outside of the direct control of any political figure. I think that the impediment to gas production in the United States is not Wall Street. I think it's Joe El Baboso Biden. But I'm going to let you hear a little bit more of this stuff because I think it's amusing. Of oil is very much dependent upon the global supply, and that's manipulated for price by countries that don't always have the same values that we. Now that's a hundred percent right, and. Unfortunately, the main manipulation came from our own country when Joe Biden said, you know what, we're doing things that are going to produce energy and make it more accessible. So increasing and creating a larger supply. So, of course, with a larger supply, you're going to have decreased demand, which lowers prices. But 
This guy's trying to blame it on other countries, saying that Russia's doing this. And, and of course, there's a degree of this that may uh, be accounted for for Russia. But let's make no mistake. It was Joe Biden in his very first days in office that said, nope, we're stopping that. Nope, we're stopping this because all in the name of the Green New Deal, all in the name of pr- protecting our own oil reserves, which some are estimating we have about 200 years worth. So I don't know if it's wise to stop that at this particular point. Let's continue. That is a consequence of, thus far, the refusal of, uh, of uh, Russia or, uh, or the OPEC nations to uh, pump more oil. The gas prices, of course, are based upon a global oil market. That oil market is controlled by a cartel. Yeah, and the cartel right now is called the Biden administration because we don't need to produce oil globally. We can sell it globally if we like, but if we're producing it right here and we're refining it right here in the United States, it's obviously going to be cheaper right here in the United States. And that is the crux of this argument. That cartel is OPEC. Certainly, we all want to keep gasoline prices low, uh, but uh, the threat of the crisis, uh, the climate crisis, certainly can't wait any longer. The significant reason why prices are up is because of COVID affecting the supply chain. Inflation in prices and housing and in gas is because of deficit spending. That's Trump's fault. The invasion of Ukraine and the volatility of the oil market is no excuse for excessive price increases, profit padding, or any effort to exploit American consumers. Of course, it's Trump's fault, right? I mean, it amazes me how much they blame him. There's only a couple of, uh, maybe about a half a minute left of this, so I'm going to let you hear it. Current spike in gas prices is largely the fault of Vladimir Putin. Putin. Hold on, I thought it was Trump's fault. Now it's Putin's fault. You follow? Putin's tax, that's, a, a, that's really Putin's gas hike. That's his gas hike. Are you guys just going to start blaming Putin for everything? Putin's price hikes at the pump. Putin's price hike here at home. Putin. You should be blaming Putin, if anybody, for this. And to not blame Putin, first of all, is denying reality. And second, frankly, I think is un-American. <laughs> I'll stop it there. But yes, they are going after Putin, 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 Rutin, Tutin, Putin, Putin. The other day I was talking to somebody, uh, Matt Faraci. He's the guy that does the polls for the Convention of States. And uh, he tells me, hey, let me tell you a joke. And he says, you know, and this is a joke. This is not misinformation. He tells me, hey, Biden uh, had to go see the White House physician the other day. Do you know what was wrong with him? I said, no. And he goes, they didn't either, but he couldn't stop Putin. (laughs) Yeah, you'll get that one eventually. Anyway, speaking of gas prices and inflation, a buddy of mine in Texas sends me a text message with a story from ABC 13 in Dallas, KTRK. And it says people in Dallas are going old school when it comes to avoiding the recent high gas prices. Yep, and this is something I've always wanted to do, just so you know. But video obtained by ABC 13 shows local residents riding on horseback across the city. You can see they all made a pit stop at a local gas station. And there's a video here, and I'll share this on social media so you can see it. And this was closer to Houston and Harris County. People took an illegal approach at avoiding uh, paying for gas. Deputies are working to identify the thieves who stole more than $8,000 worth of diesel fuel from a spring gas station, investigators said surveillance video shows the suspects unlock a gas pump and steal 1,754 gallons of diesel fuel. Now, there's a, a lot of these gas stealing stories. There was another one where people parked their cars um, 
adjacent to gas pumps, but a little bit further away and drilled directly into the concrete, straight into the gas tanks that are underground and siphoned it out of there. And one thief was like Robin Hood, where he actually filled up everybody's tanks because he figured out how to uh, hack the gas pump and was just giving out gas to everybody, filling up everybody's tanks absolutely free. But the highlight of this article was the horses. I I would love to just walk, uh, gallop, ride down the the main street or whatever uh, on horseback. I would love or go over the Washington Bridge. You know, if they had a horse lane, like the bike lane, I, I'll go in the bike lane with my horse and, you know, I would just absolutely love that. I, I've always thought that's one of the best ways of transportation we've ever had. And we should go back to that. You know, if you want to go green, go horse. I'd love to see them stop me. And of course they will. <laughs> Obviously, if I imagine me in center, uh, center, downtown center city, right, just riding down Market Street in Philly uh, or in Manhattan, uh, Times Square area, you know, just galloping away on my horse. I don't know. Call me crazy. It's just something I've always wanted to do. And legislators now in Minnesota are considering banning social media algorithms from targeting children. I think this is a good thing because in addition to paying more at the pump, there's an onslaught of, of attacks on our children, attacks on, on truth, an attack on culture as we know it. And social media platforms will be prohibited from using algorithms to target children under a bill advanced by a Minnesota House committee that was put out earlier this week on Tuesday. And this is according to justthenews.com. Senator Kristen Roberts, excuse me, uh, Representative Kristen Robbins from Maple Grove sponsored a bill after reading about the impact of social media on teenagers. She said in the House committee that the Child Internet Protection Act, which the federal government passed in 2000 and updated in 2011, does not cover social media platforms. Schools and libraries must educate minors about appropriate online behavior, including interactions on social media, et cetera, et cetera, according to the FCC. Now, according to me, I say, Parents need to do that with their kids. Parents need to warn their kids of the dangers of what's out there on the web. The web is just an electronic version of what's out there in the world. You wouldn't let your kid go out in the middle of the night to a place that's known to sell crack or meth or anything else, right? Then why, why would you let them go just about anywhere they want with no controls on the web? You got to pay attention. You got to be involved. Now, the tech industry representative said the bill would not be helpful in protecting children. Net Choice Policy Council Jennifer Huddleston said in, in the blah, 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 that's corny. Uh, I want to get to the bottom line here because to me it's important that this stuff actually be discussed. And it's not about censoring the social media companies as much as it is protecting kids. And I don't just mean semantically. I mean there has to be some sort of guardrail in place. And if these companies won't police themselves, then perhaps we, we need to have some sort of uh, protection on what's going on with children. So bottom line here is that we need to know what's going on with our children and we'll see what happens with the rest of this from the uh, House Commerce and Finance Policy Committee in this particular bill. Now, speaking of guardrails and things like that, there's all these different fact-checking organizations, fact-checking agencies, fact-checking this and fact-checking that. My favorite fact-checker, JustFacts.com, JustFacts.com. I urge you to go to their website and go to JustFacts.com slash rich so you can get the free newsletter and all of their new research, all of the new papers that they put out, the research papers they do. They're terrific. I really urge you to go check them out. But there's a bunch of them, and they have some that are right-leaning. They have some that are left-leaning. The good news about facts is that while you can spin them, they, they in and of them, themselves are not right or left. They're just facts. And that's why I like justfacts.com 
slash rich if you want to get the free um, information that they'll email you. But Ron DeSantis' spokesperson just uh, put out a statement revealing how PolitiFact, another fact-checking organization that really spreads more propaganda than anything, is showing that their emails spin the fact-check, the quote-unquote fact-check, of the Florida bill that we talked about in the last episode that protects young children from transgenderism in schools. And this is according to the rightscoop.com. But PolitiFact is doing a fact check on the Florida bill that protects young kids in grades K through three from LGBT brainwashing. A writer from PolitiFact emailed the spokeswoman for Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, her name, Christina Pushaw, and asked for a statement from DeSantis. Here's the statement from a gentleman named uh, Jacob Y-A-C-O-B Reyes, R-E-Y-E-S. He says, hey, Jacob Reyes here from PolitiFact. I'm writing an article about the claims surrounding Florida's bill, HB 1557, the Parental Rights and Education Bill. One of the claims that Governor DeSantis remarked is that in the state of Florida, we're going to make sure we're not going to allow them to inject transgenderism into kindergarten. Now, that is something that we played the audio of on the last episode of This is America. So if you missed that whole segment, make sure you catch it. He goes on to say, I wanted to check in on whether these are if there are supporting materials for this that show the attempts to incorporate such topics into kindergarten or other primary grades. We learned from the Florida Department of Education that sexual orientation and gender identity are not included in the curriculum currently taught in the state's kindergarten through third grade classrooms. You can clearly see that Jacob here is trying to spin the bill that is something that is trying to solve a problem that doesn't exist. And then he'll say that DeSantis couldn't provide any evidence that educators want to include LGBT brainwashing in the curriculum. So the point is to try and make the bill seem completely arbitrary and unnecessary to make it look like Republicans look like anti-gay hate mongers for pushing it. But Pushaw responded to Reyes, pointing out that it doesn't matter if activists are currently attempting to indoctrinate the children. The comment made by DeSantis is regarding future attempts at this. And here's her uh, comment. To him, if it's not currently included in the curriculum, why would you have a problem banning it? Governor DeSantis said clearly that we are not going to allow them to inject transgenderism into kindergarten. In the English language, going to indicates future tense. Whether or not activists are currently trying to indoctrinate children with inappropriate sexual topics, Florida will not stand for it going forward. How is this type of statement even possible to fact check? (laughs) And that's exactly it. It's a guardrail. It's not put there after the accident, after your car goes off the road. It's there to prevent you just in case you might go down the road or off road down the road or in the future. How was that for a a pun? And I didn't mean that to be punny. Now, um, the author here from Right Scoop says, I love how she starts by saying, why would you have a problem with banning it? Because that's really what's going on here. PolitiFact is just another garbage media news organization run by leftists with a partisan agenda. They will always feel the need to tilt to the left, even if they try to appear otherwise, because that's what they've always done. And that is what leftists do. So we're going to keep you up to speed on that stuff. And there's uh, something I want to talk about that went down in Alabama, and we'll get to that in just a minute. Don't move a muscle. Keep it locked right here. I am Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. This is America. Para Inglés, o primo número dos. Para Rich Valdez. Y esto es America. Ahora. 
What's up, America? What's going on? Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media, at Rich Valdez with an S. And thank you for being with me yet again. I love being with you guys on the weekends, Sundays at 6 in the morning. Sometimes you can catch me on Fridays at noon and always on your podcast app on demand anytime you want. We do three new shows per week, so make sure you check those out whenever you can. I'd love to get your comments on that. And, of course, your reviews and ratings and all that stuff uh, means the world to me. So thank you for that. But Alabama. Now, Alabama's not making huge headlines. This is just a funny story, a fun story that I've read because a couple of weeks ago I wanted to do this story, and I, I might have talked about it but maybe not gone into it too much. But the state of Alabama recalled a license plate that said um, – Let's go, Brandon, FJB, right, or something like that. And uh, I thought, wow, what kind of censorship are we having here? You know, Alabama of all places. But uh, there's a, a piece by Chris Queen and PJ Media that says Alabama is now apologizing for recalling their Let's Go Brandon vanity license plate. Back in October, Nathan Kirk, who lives uh, and owns a gun store in Blunt County, Alabama, ordered a new vanity license plate for his Ford F-150. The plate featured the Gadsden flag, better known as the Don't Tread on Me flag, and the letters LGBFJB. Kirk says he paid a whopping $700 for that specialized license plate. Of course, we all know that that combination of letters uh, is for Let's Go Brandon and F. Joe Biden. Somebody at the Alabama Department of Revenue Motor Vehicle Division uh, decided months later that they didn't like it. Last month, Kirk received a letter from the state telling him that he had to return the plate within 10 days or face hefty fines, as well as losing his vehicle registration. The Alabama, uh, excuse me, the Alabama Department of Revenue and Motor Vehicles determined that the above-referenced license plate contained objectionable language which is considered by the department to be offensive to the peace and dignity of the state of Alabama. And that was part of the letter that was posted on AL.com. The department spokesperson, Frank Miles, told AL.com that the department does not allow the, the F word on any acronym for such on a personalized license plate, that it's the department's only issue with that particular license plate. <clears throat> Alabama has a history of rejecting vanity plates for objectionable content from sexual and racial references to hatred for rival state schools, even expressing disdain for traffic on certain highways. In one infamous case, the state retroactively recalled a plate reading no homo. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Instead of simply complying with the state, Kirk went to the media and that gamble played off. He received another letter from the Department of Revenue last week apologizing for recalling the plate and allowing him to keep it. Here's what it said. The Alabama Department of Revenue Motor Vehicle Division has determined the above reference license plate will not be recalled. Read the second letter. We apologize for any inconvenience this may have caused. Kirk told uh, a podcaster that he interrupted, oh, excuse me, interpreted the second letter as stating that they were sorry we really apologize. You're a lot bigger and stronger than we are. <laughs> Good for you, Mr. Kirk. Even though the message on the license plate was crystal clear, Kirk argued that the state shouldn't have jumped to such conclusions in the first place. It could be uh, my kid's initials, he said. It could have been my grandmother or my grandfather's initials. It's just letters. It doesn't spell anything. Uh, he also argued that he didn't intend on saying F.J. Biden, but rather forget Joe Biden and that the state has no way of proving otherwise. One might argue that L.G.B.F.J.B. is redundant since Let's Go Brandon has become a more polite way to say F. Joe Biden. The slogan emerged last year with the NASCAR guy, uh, Brandon Brown. But clearly, 
the state wanted to intervene. So anyway, uh, and it goes on. I don't want to read the whole thing to you, but I thought that was interesting that the state's backing down because sometimes all it takes is for people to stand up. And I realize that it's not in everybody's nature to stand up. A lot of times it's, it's that one kid, right? Just think about, I don't know, the schoolyard, the playground when you were a kid, it's that one kid that stands up to the schoolyard bully or the one person on the subway or the train or the bus that stands up to the criminals or the, the people that are making a, a problem for other people. Most people don't get involved. Most people don't stand up for themselves. And that's a, just a common trait. It's usually one person that has the guts to stand up and do what's right. That's what makes them a leader. That's what makes them special. That's what makes them courageous. And we're in a time right now where we need most people to become that one person, that one kid in the schoolyard, that one person on the bus that stands up for people. Even though it's not in our nature, it's incredibly important that we do stand up. And look, this version of standing up, there's a guy that owns a gun store. How did he stand up? He didn't use a gun. He used the media. The pen is mightier than the sword is right. That's the old saying. He put it on blast. He put it out there. Everybody had a chance to hear what he had to say when the media picked it up. And look, I'm still talking about this happened a month and a half ago or two months ago, three months ago, whatever it was. So my point is we have to do more in whatever sphere of influence that we have. We have to stand up. We have to push back it it, myself. I, I have no problem arguing with people, but I tend to not want to argue with people. I tend to just want to have a conversation. And if it becomes too obstacular to have that conversation, I'm like, all right, yeah, whatever. You just keep believing that stuff and good for you. I'll talk about it on my show and I'll keep it moving. Because who wants to spend the time and energy of arguing with people? But sometimes we have to not fight and not argue, but stand up. We just have to politely reject things, not just roll over and play dead. And I think most people just want to go along to get along. And this is the fundamental difference between a people or a movement or people in a movement like the Marxist movement, what some people call the New World Order or some people call the globalist elite or whatever you want to call it. And they're not all the same, but for the most part, they have a lot in common. It's that they have an agenda to change what is. And most of us that are reactionary, conservative, traditionalists, we have a pension for maintaining the status quo, maintaining tradition, keeping things the way that they always were. And that to me is the fundamental difference that that's our nature. Leave me alone, get off my back and out of my pocket. Like Reagan said, sadly, lamentably, that's not going to work right now because you've got an entire army of people that are trying to change things. Think of it like the Russia invasion invasion of Ukraine. Ukrainians can't simply say, look, just go home, leave us alone. They can't. Why? Because there's tanks in their face and they're literally rolling up on their country, taking over city by city. So what is one to do? You have to stand up and fight. Now, this is not a hot war. This is not a, uh, a, a, a battle. This is an ideological war. It's an information war. It's a war for the hearts and minds of we the people. And I just want to impress that upon you always to realize that we weren't always at war. There was always a battle going on, but there were other people fighting these wars. Lamentably, those people aren't fighting the war anymore. They've become the problem. So we have to out with the bad from our own party or from our own movement and in with the good, which is you. That's going to stand up and do what's right. 
Because if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. That's Sir Edmund Burke. And the other quote was from Hamilton. So now's the time. Because America needs you more now than she's ever needed you. Anyway, have a great rest of the weekend. Thank you for listening. I'll be with you guys again in a couple of days. We're also going to have the CEO of CrowdHealth coming on to talk about this uh, revolutionary idea of how he's helping people reduce their medical costs by 60%. They're a new sponsor on the program, and I like the uh, entrepreneurial aspect of it. Every now and again, I like to bring on people in what I call the... um, segment on American entrepreneurship. So we're going to do that. So keep an ear out open for that. But anyway, more great programming coming straight ahead after this. And I'll be with you again real soon. Hasta la próxima. Until the next one, I'm Rich Valdez and this is America. This is America. 